you know, last Sunday, amen, I brought a word and I said, you know, don't try to figure him out. And so this week, I'm, I'm notice I don't have my paper. I ain't typed nothing out because I was up late last night reading and then God come in and move like that. I'm tempted to say, let's go home. <laughs> amen. <laughs> amen. Um, but I do have a little, I do have a little something, amen, that I, that I want to share. Amen. I do have a little something that I want to share and God has given me the title. Amen. Lord, come quickly. Amen. 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 And there is only one verse in the Bible, one spot, amen, where God uses this word, Maranatha. Amen. Maranatha. In 1 Corinthians 16 and 22. Amen. And in that verse, amen, Paul says, Lord, come quickly. Amen. And I want to know how many of y'all are comfortable we're saying that if God was to come back today, amen, amen. A lot of us, we want, we want the tears to end. We want the pain to end. We want the injustice to end. We want all of these things to end. But y'all do understand that for all of those things to end, Jesus got to come back. Amen. Because as long as we are in this sinful world as it is, as it is presently made, amen, there's going to be pain. There's going to be suffering. There's going to be trials. There's going to be tribulation. So when you really want something to end, the prayer of your heart is, Lord, come quickly. Right? We need you right away. Right? Smoking Northfield. Not another second. Right? Not another minute. But we need you right away. Lord, come quickly. And in that chapter, in that 16th chapter of Corinthians, it took me a long time. I had to read it three or four times. I'm saying, why is Paul saying this at the end of the chapter? Because the whole chapter, he is he is giving an update on. It's like he's just giving a praise report about who's ministering, where they are, what money they taking up for the poor. Like, just basically what's going on with various people of the church, who's serving, who's working, who, who Paul is proud of. And then he gets down to the 22nd verse and it, say, and, it, and it reads, this is the NLT, it reads, if anyone does not have the love of the Lord, let that person be cursed. And then he says, Maranatha, Lord, come quickly. And I say, I was saying, God, how do all of these things go together? And what Paul is basically saying in this chapter, right, is there are people, there are those of us who are Every day, our work, our grind, our focus is on doing the will of the Lord. And so there is nothing else to gain out of this life if we're not sharing the gospel. If we're not right, we're not, we're not trying to hold on to this life because we're waiting on the promotion. We're not trying to live a little bit longer so we can get a better house before we get out of here. Y'all understand what I'm saying? We're not trying to keep living on to get stuff that we want. There's another point in scripture where Paul basically says, I don't know if it's better that I stay here with y'all or if I go be with the Lord. And Paul is saying that because he knows that it is better to be with the Lord. Right? But he goes on to say, but for your sake, I'm going to stay here and continue working. When your heart is really on the Lord, your prayer is, Lord, come quickly. 
you're no longer a part of this world. And I'm not, y'all, please understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that we should wish like death, Lord, please come and kill us. That's not the sentiment of, of your heart. That's not, that's not thinking theologically. That's not a Christ-like mind because you realize, right, if the Lord come back and you in Christ, you're not going to die. So you're not wishing for death. Those in Christ don't die. I'm not telling you to wish for death. Hallelujah. But when you live for the Lord, your focus is on being with Jesus. So you don't have a problem with saying, God, come and get me. Come and get me. It's hard down here. Amen. Some of y'all haven't realized that yet. It's hard down here. It's hard down here. And it's going to continue to be hard down here because of sin. The only thing that makes this life manageable while you are down here is Jesus. It's the only thing that gives a little comfort. It's the only thing that gives a little peace. It's the only thing that gives a little joy. It's the only thing that gives a little assurity that it's going to be all right. Because if you just watch the news or you just hear people talk, if you just even look with your own eyes at your own situation, you won't see a lot of good. You don't even see a lot of good in your body right now. No matter how hard, right? No matter how hard you exercise, no matter how hard you eat right, no matter how hard you don't, you keep things out of your body, guess what you're still doing? You're still dying. You're still dying. You're still dying. This flesh is still breaking down. The only thing that makes it all right is Jesus. And that's why after Paul gives this report, he just says, right, if anyone does not love the Lord, that person is cursed. Lord, come get us. Lord, come quickly. And I and, and I got I got two chapters for y'all that like to read your word. One of those chapters is 2 Peter, the second chapter. And the other one is just the whole book of Jude. If, if you don't know, Jude is just one chapter. Amen. But those two chapters pretty much say the same thing. And I don't know why God has me going down this road, but both of those chapters talk about false prophets. And I have in my note that there is a falsehood currently in the air. There is a falsehood currently in the air that we need to reject if we're going to see Jesus. And that falsehood is that this life is about us. And the main people that are putting this falsehood out here are not the people in the world because it's clear who they serve. The main people that are putting this falsehood in the world is Christians. Because church, yes, thank you, Brother Rose, so-called <laughs> Christians. Because they have made church about them. Amen. They have made church about them. And so 2 Peter 2, and I'm gonna skip around, like I say, I don't want the spirit has moved so today. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be up here long. Amen. But I, I want y'all to know that this word is to me first, and I believe that God gave me this word to me first. Amen. Because like I told y'all last Sunday, I'm trying to make sure that I'm I'm not in myself when I do anything for the Lord. 
I'm trying to make sure that I'm doing the things that he wants me to do, right? I, I, and, and, I, and last Sunday, I confessed that I need him to guide me because I can't do this by myself, right? And I believe that God led me to this because, you know, when you read the Bible, it is supposed to be a mirror. It is supposed to show you. you. It's, it is the, it's the plumb line. It's the measuring stick by which you can test yourself, by which you can test your walk. And when you read things in the word, when you when, when you hear God's people talking in the word, and you got to be honest with yourself if the word is going to work. It's like if you look in the mirror and you begin to brush your teeth and you see all these plaques and all these cavities and all of this stuff, but you say, oh, I'm good. I don't need to go to the dentist. Right? That's not going to change the fact that your teeth are rotten. You just fooling yourself. You looking in the mirror. You looking in the mirror. You, you you clearly you see what the word is saying and it's true. But you're choosing to pretend like nothing is wrong. So the only way that the word works, the only way that the word leads you to Jesus, the only way that the Holy Spirit can work in your life is if you accept the truth. And so I began reading Second Peter, and I just. I'm going through and I'm trying to make sure that I'm measuring up, that I'm not a false prophet. Because you won't hear too many pastors that will tell you that there is a special place in hell. There is a special place in hell. For those that lead God's people astray. Amen. But in, in this chapter, Peter says, but there were false prophets among the people, even as there should be false teachers among you. He's talking about this long time ago with the prophets. There were people who was telling lies. And there should be false teachers among us as well. Who shall privately bring in damnable heresies, things that are not of God, straight up lies, even denying that the Lord brought them and bringing upon themselves swift, swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious, their evil ways. Why is Pastor reading this to us this Sunday? Y'all, one of the most dangerous things that I believe exists in our lifetime is the enemy. I'm done, and I'm pausing for effect. Is the internet right? We used to think TV was bad, but see, you you have to have a lot of money, or you have to have access to get on TV. But the internet, anybody, anybody. And the thing that is scaring me, the thing I want to warn this congregation about, and this is something that I have preached since I started preaching, I never want y'all to just take my word for it. Do I want you to listen to me? Yes. But I never just want you to take my word for it alone. That's why I stress reading your word for yourself, knowing Jesus for yourself. There are so many false teachers. There are so many people who are putting their names and their ministries above Christ. I don't care if they use the name Jesus. I don't care if you see them give away millions of dollars. 
Amen. What Peter is talking about in this chapter is what we are currently living through, what people have been living through since the beginning of time. Y'all got to realize that Satan was in the presence of God. Right? You can be right where he is and still have a heart that rejects him. Y'all understand what I'm saying? You can be right where he is and still have a heart and a spirit that rejects him. And we got churches that's full of people like that. That second verse says that many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And then when you start to speak the truth, when you try to establish a standard of holiness, they call you religious. These days, it, the, the thing is, people want you to be comfortable. They want you to be comfortable so that they can keep you around and get your money. They want you to be comfortable. But why would I want you to be comfortable in a place that you were not designed to stay in? Comfort makes you stay put. Comfort makes you stay put. God want to make you uncomfortable so that you have to move, move well closer to him, closer to heaven, closer to holiness, closer to righteousness. He don't want you just to be comfortable. He wants to challenge you. He want to challenge your assumptions. He want to shake you up. He want to stir you. He want to break you so he can build you. But when you try to tell people that, you ain't got to do all that. How do these people do it? The third verse tells us, it says, and through covetousness shall they with feigned words, pretty words, make merchandise of you. Right? Covetous means you want what somebody else got. So that's what churches, they're selling you this dream that you can be blessed, that you can have a house, that you can have a husband, that you can have a wife, that you can have this job, that you can have all of these things that you won't be able to take with you when you go. But that's the dream that they sell it. With pretty words so that they can make merchandise out of you. Right? Lord, I thank you. But Peter tells us that their judgment now of a long time lingereth not, but that judgment is not far away for these people, and their damnation slumbereth not. I don't know why we think that God is not holy, that he's not righteous, that there is not a place for those that do evil. Yes, there is. You don't hear me say that three Sundays in a row now. We got to get back to having a healthy fear of God. Not that he's out to get us, but we got to know that he's trying to save us. And right, so that healthy fear is, like when we say fear of God or respect God, you got to respect, like you know there's some people in your life, but like we, you probably had a teacher in school with a children, so she don't play. If that teacher don't play, how much more does God not play? You knew that teacher had your best interest in mind. That teacher trying to educate you, trying to make you great, trying to make you successful. That's why she didn't play with you. Because she knew that if she played with you, if she allowed you or he or she allowed you, 
to be lazy, to, to, to get off with not doing the work, that you weren't going to be successful later on. God does not play. And that's where the fear comes in. You got to know that what God say in his word, he's not going to change his mind when it's your turn to stand before him. He ain't going to change his mind. If we don't live right, there is a judgment and a punishment that's waiting on us. Fourth verse says, God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. God ain't sparing nobody that don't want him. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. I'm skipping down to the ninth verse. It says, the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust until the day of judgment to be punished. God knows what he's doing. He knows how to keep you. That you don't have to be afraid of anything that comes your way. When you have God on your side, he know how to keep you. He know how to get you through your financial struggle. He know how to get you through that divorce. He know how to get you through that miscarriage. He know how to get you through that difficult job situation. He know how to get you through that grieving period, through that grieving sin. He knows how to get you through that. He'll get you through all of that stuff, but what he ain't going to change his mind about is punishment. He got you covered on every side, anything that you can face. The Bible says we serve a Lord who can identify with our pain, with our suffering. He knows exactly. He can get you through all of that. Trying to show you his love for you. But he ain't going to change his mind. He ain't going to change his mind. About judgment. But the 10th verse tells us that they are people. Right? But chiefly them that walk after the flesh and the lust of uncleanness and despise government. That means they despise Rules, they despise obedience, they despise correction. Presumptuous are they, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. I studied that the dignities means angels, but what that means is it's people around here that play with spirits. Like they're not real. Right? Y'all believe in the power of God when you need him to like show up and do something miraculous for you. But y'all don't believe that they're evil spirits that's trying to take you out. Y'all don't believe that some of y'all friends around here got the wrong spirit that mean you nothing but harm. Y'all laugh at it. And it start when it start when your baby's little and they doing that little that are they doing that little they, they they doing all that little stuff and you like, oh that's cute. Look at them. And then they grow up and disrespect you like that and you want to beat the mess out of them. Because you don't correct them when you like you let them get away with it. You don't speak the word over them. You don't pray for them. Then they grow up and they wild and you calling on God to change them. And God said, I gave them to you. You're supposed to steward them. You're supposed to teach them the way that they should though, so they shouldn't depart from it when they get old. But you didn't do your job, now you want me to fix them. Lord, I thank you. Right? 
some of us, we play, we, we play too much. The Bible tells us that this war that we in, it's not cardinal. It's spiritual. Lord, I thank you. Skipping down to the 12th verse, Peter tells us that people like this, he says, they are natural brute beasts. What separates us from the animals? Did they teach you in school that you've seen it from an ape? They teach you in school that you came from the monkeys, right? That you just evolved into this. But really and truly, what, what separates you from the animals? It's your soul, it's your spirit. You have a spirit. But what, 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 what Peter was saying is that when you don't have the Lord, you're just like an animal. You only do what your feelings tell you to do. You only do what your lusts and your desires tell you to do. You have no restraint. You don't know how to cut stuff off. You don't know how to walk away. And I'm telling y'all, that's what you, you, you think. I need y'all to understand. I'm preaching about church people now. They try to make it where you are so comfortable that you can feed your flesh, call yourself a Christian, thank you going to heaven. Only when you stand before God, you're not going to get in. Because they're trying to make you think that you can have God in the world too. The Bible tells you you cannot serve God and mammon. How many of y'all know that the Bible says that if God does not come quickly, nobody going to make it. He got it. That's why I say, are you comfortable? Are you comfortable with him coming back to get you? Are you ready? Are you ready to go? If you say, I'm coming back. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Peter says that these people shall receive the reward of unrighteousness. This is the 13th verse. As they counted pleasure to riot in the daytime. Why y'all think so many people can they, they do church good on Sunday? They post that good old church service on Sunday. And then they go to the islands on vacation and ride in the daytime. It's okay because you're on vacation, right? Just saying. You, when you're on vacation, you're on vacation. You ain't got to do all that, the church stuff on vacation because you're on vacation. Right? God God understand. You get a break. So at certain points, the weekend, you like Saturday is different than Sunday. You get a break because you've been at work all week, so you deserve you deserve a treat on Saturday. You deserve to have a little fun on Saturday. The Bible said they riot in the daytime. Spots, they are blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceiving while they feast on you. So many people out here believe in folks that you don't know how they live all outside of the camera. Listening to every story, eating them every word. And you don't know how they live when they're not on the camera. You don't know how they live when they're not on the camera. Hallelujah. 
having eyes full of adultery. What you mean? Jesus already told you, you ain't got to sleep with the woman to commit adultery. All you got to do is use your eyes to lust. And then that cannot cease from seeing beguiling, unstable souls. That's who they after. You know, there's so many people that like to tell their business to the wrong folks. Amen. You know, because we do, we do a lot of open discussion. We do a lot of sharing, right? But I believe that we are in a safe space. But there's a lot of people out there, they share their stuff with anybody. And then right after you share your stuff, they start prophesying to you. And your crazy self think they know about they they done heard from God. No, you just told them all your business. <laughs> you just told them all your business. Now, now they done read you because the Bible says that the serpent is more cunning than who? Any beast in the field. Y'all think these people, all these people, if all these people got so much godly wisdom, why is the world such a bad place? Jesus. They have 15 verse. They have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Baal. Right? 16 verse. They were rebuked. Right? Baal was rebuked for his iniquity. Right? God had to make a donkey speak in him. He was supposed to be the prophet, but God showed him up by making his donkey speak in front of him. He says, I can use an ass. Right? That has more authority than you because you're false. He calls these people's well without water. When you go to a well, what do you expect to get? Some of these people going to church expecting to get the living water and ain't no water there. Ain't nothing there. And the only thing that's keeping those churches alive, the only thing that, that's giving the church life, well, not y'all, because y'all love a ditch. <laughs> it's the people in the congregation. Because the pastor's sucking them dry. So many times, I'm trying to understand why the pastor the only one that's done made it. The pastor and his friends. Why they why they the only ones? Why they the only ones with their own business and their own brand and their own stuff? Why why you don't never see their folks? Why you don't never see the regular person? Why, why they still work, working at nine to five for minimum wage and you got a million dollars? That ain't how the Bible works. My Bible tells me the priests and the folks lived off of the free will offering of the people. Whatever the people decided to give was what the priests received. Lord, I thank you. I don't know where my stopping point is, but the Lord is telling me to go on and, to go on and cut off. Because, But I just, all of this to say, y'all, that I know that God has given this for me because, like I shared in Bible study, as we were going through our, our things, and, and I thank God, as the years go on, I, I, I just thank God for my wife even more. Because I, I, I know that I can't, I cannot do this job by myself. And she, I'm, I'm starting to not say I didn't listen in the past, but I'm starting to listen a whole lot more. And I encourage y'all husbands to do, this, to do that to your wives and vice versa. Because you're one. 
if you got a good spouse, they can't hurt you without hurting themselves. They can't hurt you without hurting themselves. So when you got a good spouse, the way that they love you is, is like beneficial. Even when they're telling you something hard, it's to make y'all succeed. Okay? But I, I'm, saying all, I'm saying all that to say, I, I, I'm, sometimes my greatest struggle is trying to say, Lord, am I doing this right? Because sometimes I don't see the success that I think. I'm not talking about that I think I should have. No one, I'm like, okay, God, am I really living right? Because I'm seeing everybody else. Everybody else got a grant. Everybody else got a building. Everybody else got all of this stuff. And I'm still working my nine to five job, doing Bible study, doing music rehearsal, trying to love on folks and teach and make sure I'm doing it right. And everybody else got, they got assistance to deal with the people. So I'm like... Am I doing it right? And so God taught me to this, and I, I and I and I'm glad to say I didn't see myself in here. Thank you, Jesus. I didn't see myself in second gear. Because I'm not trying to go to hell. But it for this momentary, these momentary years that God has given me. I'm coming in, JJ. Lord, I thank you. I'm going to close with the 21st verse, 21 and probably 22. And Peter is saying it would have been better for it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness. than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment, delivered it to them. And I want y'all to catch that because I believe that a lot of people, they start out in a place where they really love the Lord. Where they really trying to save souls. But at whatever point it becomes about them. Y'all understand he didn't even let Moses into the promised land. Because Moses hit that rock as if to say like I got to make water for y'all. And he realized he like he forgot who was actually performing the miracles. Like this is Moses. Like none of, none of y'all ain't part of no Red Sea. Y'all ain't deliver no people from deliver no people from Egypt. Y'all ain't do all the miracles and plays. Y'all ain't do all that. Even he say, Moses, no, you can't go in, homie. You can't go in. We start out with right intentions. And then we forget what got us there. We forget 2017. Right? Just like we were doing in Bible study. We forget the time he showed up to pay the income tax. Time we moved in faith to go ahead and say, Man, I'm getting married, I'm about to do this thing. We forget how we was reading and praying together. We forget the joy and the comfort that we had when we first came to the house. And then we become something that God is not pleased with. People that use the name but don't live the life. People that use the name but don't live the life. Amen. Amen. Y'all come on and give it a little.
Everybody desiring prayer, y'all better move quick. The spirit of move now. Hallelujah. All the all them beginning dying in the y'all got y'all in the flow then. Yes, Lord. 